Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Would you believe that an 80-year-old car could still look as sparkling as a new one? Well, listen to this. A listener writes from Ohio, My coupe is over eight years old, yet it looks as good as the day it came from the salesroom. When people ask me how I do it, I say, Car new is the answer. Well, now, of course, we're always glad to have folks praise Johnson's Car New. And if you try Car New yourself, you'll be mighty pleased at the beautiful polish it gives your car. And you'll be surprised, too, when you find how easy it is to use. There's no hard rubbing with Car New. You simply apply this wax, special wax fortified liquid with a cloth. Then you let it dry to a white powder. When you wipe off this powder, all the dirt and dullness disappear with it. And your car is not only clean, but beautifully polished, too. You see, Carnew does not one, but two jobs at once. It both cleans and polishes in one application. Why not shine up your car with Johnson's wax fortified Carnew? It's spelled C A R N U. The residents of 79 Wistful Vista are going to see the aviation show at the airport this afternoon. So the master, he thinks, of the house, has fortified himself by reading a couple of flying magazines, thus qualifying himself for a high rank in the HAF, the Hot Air Force. <laughs> Get a load now of the poor man's doolittle as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Then when you release the brakes, check the oil pressure and set the altimeter, you taxi to the end of the runway. Now, wait a minute. Huh? It's taken you 45 minutes to test the controls, fill up with gas and oil, and study the map. Have you kept that taxi waiting all this time? (laughs) My dear girl, I see you're rather unfamiliar with pilot talk. Taxing means to run the plane along the ground. That's for me, then. (laughs) The firmer we stay on Terra, the better I like it. You know I get airsick wearing a new pair of high heels <laughs> or walking over a thick rug. Well, you better get over that, Tootsie. This is the age of flight. My gosh, one of these days we might own our own little hollycoopter. Who knows? I do, and we won't. And it isn't hollycoopter. It's collyheepter. Okay. Anyway, if we do get our own polycopter, my fishing trips will not, be cut... No, no, not polycopter, hmm? dearie. It's helipopter. Hmm. What did I say, pellyhooker? <laughs> I meant Hooli Potter. Anyway, now we're at the end of the runway, ready to take off. Ready to take off what? Oh, just take off. That means get the plane into the air. You know what airborne means. <laughs> Certainly, that's when the stork brings you. No, no, no. That means... When and look, the... pet, 
Aside from becoming a flash expert on flying from reading two magazines, uh, did you ever actually fly? Why, certainly, back in Peoria. I had several hours with an old Jenny. Now, just a minute, McGee. Hmm? <laughs> maybe we weren't married then, and maybe it's none of my business, but it seems to me that there would be enough male instructors around Hey, to... hey, 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 hey. A Jenny was just an old pre-war crate. I don't care how old she was, the hussy. <laughs> and I still have the feeling that the Wright brothers were wrong. <laughs> but proceed with the lecture, Wing Commander. Roger. Where were we? Oh, yeah. We're at the end of the runway, ready for the takeoff. I slam the throttle in. She picks up speed. Ah, Look. grounded by a doorbell. Come in. Hello, folks. <laughs> You going to the air show at the airport this afternoon? Oh, yes, indeedy. Are you? Oh, yeah, we have our tickets, Mr. Wimple. Himself here is all hopped up about it. We've flown in and out of more hangars this afternoon than a rented tuxedo. <laughs> you flew much, Wimp? Well, no, Mr. McGee. Though I've built just scads of model airplanes. Oh. <laughs> but believe me, I'll never do that again. Why not, Mr. Wimple? Lose interest? No, Mrs. McGee. But last week, just as I was finishing my latest model, Sweetie Face walked in. Sweetie Face, that's my tremendous big old wife. What was her objection, Wimp? Personally, I think every man ought to have a hobby, even if it's only collecting cigar ashes. <laughs> uh, what happened, Mr. Wimple, if the memory isn't too painful? Well, <laughs> I was just sandpapering the vertical stabilizer when Sweetie Face walked in and said, What model is that, stupid? And I said, Hellcat. And the next thing I knew, a doctor was taking five inches of fuselage out of my empanage. Well, that's enough to make any man lose his interest in aviation, Wimp. Oh, you're so right, Mr. McGee. <laughs> but Sweetie Face insists on going out to the airport to see the show. She used to be a stunt flyer herself, you know, before her accident. Accident, Mr. Wimple? Yes. <laughs> She tried to fly through a railroad tunnel once without checking the train schedules. My gosh, a thing like that could be seriously fatal, Wimp. Has she done any flying lately? Not since last summer, Mrs. McGee. And then she made a three-point landing in a haystack with a parachute. Horse feathers, how could she make a three-point landing in a haystack? She landed on a pitchfork. <laughs> made quite an impression on her, too. Well, I've got to be going now, folks. Goodbye. from the orchestra, the King's Men, and they say it's wonderful. Tell me, I can't recall who said it. 
I know I never read it. I only know they tell me that love is grand. The thing that's known as romance is wonderful, wonderful in every way. So they say. Have you seen the tickets to the aviation show? Yes, dearie. They're right there on the piano. Is it time to leave already? I don't know. What time is it? About half past. Oh, we got loads of time. Well, now, I don't want to miss anything. They say there's going to be a stunt flyer out there who flies right past the grandstand upside down. Ah, kid stuff. I flew upside down on my second lesson. Yeah, but this man does it on purpose. <laughs> I done it on purpose, too. If I'd have stayed with it, I'd have been one of the hottest pilots in the country. My goodness. Flying must be a thrilling business. It is. But uh, I suppose you have to be an expert on meteorology. You sure do. Also weather conditions. <laughs> I was an expert on that, too. I knew every type of cloud formation there was. Cirrus, cumulus, alto cumulus, cirrostratus, and stradivarius. I thought stradivarius was a violin. It is, and when you see that kind of a cloud, you want to quit fiddling around and get back to the field. <laughs> I mind one time. I wonder who that could be. Oh, it's Mrs. Carstairs. Control tower to Flying Fortress. Come in, Fortress. <laughs> How do you do, Mrs. McGee? How do... Come in who, Mr. McGee? Are <laughs> uh, you just practicing a few aviation expressions, Millicent? We're going to the show at the airport this afternoon. It'll be old stuff to me, of course, Carsty, though Molly might be amused by it. I used to fly a bit, you know. Indeed. What type of flying did you do, Mr. McGee? Military? Oh, no, just barnstorming, Karsty, acrobatics and stuff. I'll never forget the time I was flying over Lake Michigan and had to hit the silk. Good heavens. You mean you had to use your parachute? No, I was flying in my bathrobe and dropped a lighted cigar in my lap. <laughs> I had to slap the bejunior out of myself to put out the sparks. Uh, McGee, uh, tell Millicent that little adventure you had when you were doing the skywriting. I don't remember anything like that. Well, have any days. Think up something. You're slipping. <laughs> okay. Well, Sir Carsty, there I was. I'll never forget the time I was doing some skywriting over the city of Cincinnati. My first and last skywriting job for Champwell's choo-choo chewing gum. What happened, Mr. McGee? Or do you need more time? No, I got it. <laughs> well, sir, I wrote Champwell's choo-choo chewing gum all over the Ohio sky that day, not knowing that my rudder was loose and the letters come out all crooked. That's why Champwell refused to pay me off. I don't get it. Well, I was supposed to be advertising Champwell's gum and it come out all wriggly. <laughs> well, you forced me into it. Do you uh, like to fly, Millicent? Oh, yes, I do, my dear. In fact, I was once a hostess on an airliner. That entitled you to free passes, didn't it, Carsty? It seemed to, from the passengers. <laughs> I had often heard of flying tigers, but wolves at that altitude were new to me. <laughs> Are you thinking of buying an airplane, Mr. McGee? Well, he's been talking about that for a long time, Millicent. If he does, I hope he gets a coliheapter. You mean a holiproctor. Are you sure it isn't kilohopter? No, no, I'm sure it's holocrypter. Well, we leave it to Millicent. How do you pronounce it, Millicent? Autogyro. <laughs> well, I'll be seeing you at the airport. Good day. <laughs> 
autogyro, huh? Is that the same as a polyopter, McGee? No, no. An autogyro has the vertical flap attached to the retractable cowling. Oh. Yeah. That makes the percenter of gravity adjustable by giving it the left rudder when using the trim tabs. Give me a pencil and I'll draw you a rough sketch of it. Uh, don't bother, dearie. I was merely trying Hello, to... Hello, folks. Oh, hi, Junior. You going out to the aviation show at the airport, Mr. Wilcox? No, I wouldn't miss it. I love airplanes. Are you thinking of taking up flying, pal? What do you mean, taking it up? My gosh, I was a pilot years and years ago. Why, when Jimmy Doodle gave me them flying lessons, he looked at me and says, A natural, he says. When was this, McGee? One day out behind the hangar. <laughs> we were playing a little game where you take a couple of... Oh, you mean, uh, when did Doodle give me flying lessons? Yes. <laughs> yes, when did he? Oh, that was some time ago. That was way back... Well, what time is it now? Oh, about half past. Oh. By the way, did I ever tell you about the amazing coincidence <laughs> I ran into on a flight from Cleveland to Chicago one time? <laughs> Why, no, Mr. Wilcox. What was it? Well, I got into a conversation <laughs> with a pleasant-looking, smartly-dressed woman sitting next to me. Oh, that. Sort of a motherly type. Mm, motherly, eh? Did you climb up on her lap and ask her to tell you about Goldilocks and the three boars? <laughs> Bears, dearie. Well, they always bored me. <laughs> Go on, Mr. Wilcox. What was the coincidence? Well, yeah. during the conversation, I found out that she was an enthusiastic user of Johnson's Wax. Oh, she used it all over her home. Yeah. Floors, furniture, woodwork, windowsills, luggage, everything. Yeah, but what they got to do with it? I asked her why she thought so highly of Johnson's Wax. And she said it kept her whole house so bright and clean looking, it fairly sparkled. She said it protected her nice things against dust and dirt and dampness and made her housekeeping so much easier. But please, Mr. Wilcox, what was the amazing coincidence? Yeah. Why, don't you see? There we were, 8,000 feet in the air. Never saw each other before. Two complete strangers. And it comes out that I sell Johnson's Wax... And she uses Johnson's wax. Ah. Wasn't that a strange thing? I wrote to Ripley about it, but he never answered. <laughs> Probably bowled him over so hard he couldn't lift a pen. <laughs> well, we'll be seeing you out at the airport. I'll be there, pal. Incidentally, my wife soloed last week. Really, Mr. Wilcox? By herself? No, with the church choir. So long, now. <laughs> Uh, you know, Molly, I hope to have some private planes out at that show at reasonable prices. I'd like to have a little job of my own. I've been suggesting that for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean an airplane, I see. Yeah. Uh, what kind do you want, dear? Oh, a fairly hot job. Cruise at 250. One with reversible propellers so I could back up if I overshot the landing field. <laughs> Four-seated model, two-way radio and radar. Something around $900 delivered. <laughs> I mind one time... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Do come in. Thanks, Molly. Hello, Bucklewart. Hi, a fever chart. Going out to the air show this afternoon? I might, though I'm a little tired of flying. Mm. With all the medical conventions I've flown to this year, I've taken off on more runways than Gypsy Rose Lee. <laughs> and with much less applause. Himself or used to do a little flying himself, Doctor? A likely story. Why, he wouldn't get into an elevator without a complete weather report. Oh, yeah? yeah. I was one of the first pilots in this country, Thermometer Puss. And before they had all those sissy instruments, too. I learned to fly by the seat of my pants, and that was a big thing in them days. In your case, it's a big thing now. <laughs> Now, just a darn minute, pill pusher. If you knew as much about medicine as I know about aviation, you'd be in jail for malpractice right now. Wait a minute, is that what I meant? Now, look, boys, and I do mean boys, because you both act like you were playing hooky from the third grade. Why don't you two stop insulting each other and act like grown-up men? 
My dear, you're, you're quite right. My apologies, McGee. Mm. If you say so, you are the greatest airplane pilot who ever lived. You could set a constellation down on a badminton court and do 8,000 consecutive outside loops in a concrete glider. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. I have a high opinion of you also. I think you're probably the finest physician who ever shook down a thermometer instead of a rich patient. <laughs> Thank you, my boy. I hope I'll have the great privilege of seeing you fly sometime. Thank you, Doctor. I hope that sometime I may honor you by letting you x-ray me with my clothes on. I know you wouldn't take unfair advantage by diagnosing my wallet. Thank you. I sincerely trust that you... Oh, for goodness sake, stop it. (laughs) This is worse than the other way. Go ahead and call each other names. Okay. Look, Melon Belly. (laughs) You say you were going to be out at the air show? Why, sure, ground loop. And if you're going to prowl around those airplanes, let me give you a little advice. What's that, Doctor? Don't walk into any whirling propellers. They'll give you a splitting headache. See you later. The Kingsmen sing Old Man Tucker. Funny old man was a funny old pan, and the name of this funny old bunny was Dan. Yep, old man Tucker was a fine old man. He washed his face in a frying pan. He combed his head with a wagon wheel and died with a toothache in his heel. So get out the way, old man Tucker. Get out the way, old man Tucker. Get out the way, old man Tucker. You're too late, too late, too late for supper. Too late for supper. What a hungry old fellow was, old man Tucker. Come too late for to get his supper. Supper over, breakfast the cooking leaves. Old Dan old standing looking. Get out the way, old man Tucker. You're in the way, old man Tucker. Get out the way, old man Tucker. You're too late, too late, too late for supper. Too late for supper. Old man Tucker, too late for supper. Was old man Tucker, he got drunk. He fell in the fire and kicked out a chunk of red hot coal got in his shoe. And oh my golly, how the ashes flew. So get on the way, old man Tucker. Get on the way, old man Tucker. Oh, get on the way, old man Tucker. You're too late to get yourself a roll, shortening bread, possum in the pan. Should be plenty for a hungry old man. But Dan was starving for to eat. Cow and pone with chicken meat. Oh, he went down and stole some pullets. Come around and home with his pants full of bullets. Poor old Dan. You said poor old Dan. I said old Dan Tucker is a growing gray. The time is a coming for the judgment day. When he gets to the pearly gate, I hope to goodness he won't be late. Oh, get on the way, old Dan Tucker. Get on the way, old Get on the way, old Dan Tucker. Get on the way, get on the way, get on the way, get on the way. Get on the way. He won't be late for supper on that judgment day. Oh my goodness, isn't this exciting, McGee? Yeah. Look at that man getting into the plane with the knapsack on his back. Is he going camping or something, dearie? That's a parachute, kiddo. I ever tell you about the time I made the parachute jump and couldn't make the release cord work? Fell 7,000 feet and then realized I was yanking up my necktie. <laughs> I'll never... What's the matter, Molly? What's the matter? McGee. Huh? Did you bring the piano with you? Piano? Why should I bring the piano? The tickets are on top of it. Oh, oh no, no. I got the tickets. Got them right here in my hat. Come on. Let's go over where we can see things. One side, folks. Let's do that. Hey, Molly, look up there. You see that bunch of planes flying in formation? 
Ain't that about the sloppiest bunch of pilots you ever saw? Look at them. They can't even keep together. I think they fly very well for mere pigeons. Oh. Oh. Are they pigeons? Maybe I better put on my glasses. Look, dearie, isn't that a pretty little red plane over there? What kind is that? Do you know? <laughs> Do I know? Certainly I know. I'll tell you in just a minute. As soon as I check with this pilot here. <clears throat> hey, bud, you work here? Yes, I do. I'm chief airport engineer. Why? That little red ship out there, the one they're all looking at, that's... Naturally, that's one of those... P-87. New... It's radio-controlled. That's what I thought. <laughs> you see, Molly, it's radio-controlled. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. You mean it flies alone without anybody in it? That's right, lady. We're going to demonstrate it in a few minutes. It's a regular pursuit ship. We just converted it to radio control. Sure. You see, Molly, they, they converted it. radio control. That's the, that's the control tower over there. We fly it from there. Control tower over there, Molly. Fly it from there. My goodness. Is it safe, sir? I mean... Uh... With those controls on it, lady, it can't go wrong. Why, it's as safe as a hammock. Safe as a hammock, Molly. Sure, you see... Oh, hi, Latrive. Oh, Mayor Latrive, you're so nice to see you. Hello, Molly. McGee, looking over the planes, are you? Yep, haven't bought anything yet, but we may decide to. You flying today, Latrive? As a passenger only, McGee. I'm not a flyer, and I long ago admitted it. <laughs> you did try it then, Mr. Mayor. Years ago, Molly, but I never had any talent for it. I'm a politician, not a pilot. When I set my Curtis Jenny down in Lake Dugan one night under the impression it was a vacant field, that sold me. <laughs> a man should stick to his last, I always say. How was that again, Latrive? I say a man should stick to his last. His last what, Your Honor? What? Now, look, I merely said that a you man... You said a man should stick to his last, but you aren't being logical. If you'd stuck to that last plane of yours, they'd still be dragging Lake Dugan for you and the... Now, I didn't say a man should stick to his last plane. I said oh, that... Oh, yes, you did, Your Honor. Yes, you said it just as plain as anything. I didn't mean I didn't say it plain, uh, distinctly. I meant plain, P-L-A-N-E, and the phrase sticking to your last is an old cobbler's expression that... Oh, means, that's uh... for me, boy, I love it. What's your favorite, Latrive, apple or peach? Apple or peach what? Cobbler. I make a strawberry cobbler that McGee says... I was not talking about food. I meant shoemaker. You mean Eddie Shoemaker that runs the hamburger joint on Oak Street? My gosh, he serves the worst cobbler in town. I ate there once. I did not mean Eddie Shoemaker. I meant any shoemaker. Didn't you ever hear of a shoemaker being called a cobbler? No, but if my shoemaker doesn't get my evening slippers back this month, he'll be called worse than that. You know, he's had them so long that I... Look, please, let's get this straightened out. My original statement was that man should stick to his last. That's what I first said. That's right, Your Honor. The first thing you said was last. Right. Now then, the expression I used is a very old one, which means that a man should do what he can do best. Do I make myself clear? Sure, but why try to drag old Eddie Shoemaker into it? <laughs> Just because he serves lousy apple cobbler is no reason... I to... was not dragging cobbler appler into... <laughs> Eddie Shoestickler was... <laughs> Look, when I said that a plane first, a stick should last to a... When I landed in Dugan's cobbler... I... I... The pond... The, uh, you said it was... I was the one who... And it wasn't... A... I... I... Mrs. McGee. Oh, yes, Mr. Mayor. I'm sorry I haven't the pleasure of repairing your evening slippers. Why, Your Honor? Because there's a certain run-down heel of yours that I'd love to take a hammer to. Good day. A 
run downhill, am I? I'll show that baby kisser, that two-bit politician, which of us is smartest, and I won't land in Dugan's Lake, too, either. McGee, what are you going to do? Come back here. I'll show him if I can fly or not right now. I'm going to fly that little red plane. What do I care if it is radio-controlled? Don't go away, Bonnie. Don't go away. I'll be right back. McGee, now don't get into that plane. Heavenly days, you might... McGee! Who's that guy that just got into that plane? He can't do that. That's a government plane. Molly, was that McGee got into that ship? Yes, it was, Doctor. Oh, Mr. Mayor, look. Did you see that take off? Yes, yes, it's beautiful, but it... Wait a minute. Is he alone in there? Well, naturally, Mr. Mayor. I think it does a man good to get away from his wife now and then. <laughs> what? Why, he'll kill himself. That addle-headed Now, please, little... Doctor. McGee told you he knew all about flying, didn't he? After all, Look now... at him climb. He's peeling off and heading back now. Look at that chandelle. Isn't that graceful? It's disgraceful. It's... it's... Say... That's mighty pretty flying at that, Molly. When I was giving him the bird, I didn't know it would take. I owe that boy an apology. By George, I never thought he knew enough about flying. Here he comes, look out! Mm. He was a little low, wasn't he? Yes. Pick up my hat, will you, Doctor? I'm afraid to take my eyes off him. Pick it up yourself. I'm afraid to look away, too. He's circling again. My goodness, isn't that lovely flying? Here he comes for a landing. Ah, looks pretty good. Watch him now, watch him. Marvelous. Amazing. Come on, let's get over there. Yeah. Hurry up. I hope he's all right. McGee? McGee, are you all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm okay. Get out of that ship, mister. You got a lot of crust taken off a government ship without Okay, this... oh, bud, okay, oh, okay, bud, relax. No damage done. McGee, that was wonderful flying. By George, I never thought <laughs> it was cool. Huh? <laughs> Should we tell him, Molly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. That plane is radio controlled, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was flying it. All the time it was being controlled from the tower over there. <laughs> now, look here, mister. You'll have to come over to the office with me and do yeah, some... And I want to talk to your officials, too, Buster. That was a very sloppy landing you guys made with this ship. You better check those controls and get... Sloppy landing we made? Why, those radio controls aren't even connected yet. That was your landing, mister. Oh, well, in that case... What? <laughs> Pardon me, madam. I think your father has fainted. They say a woman's work is never done. You ladies will agree with that, but I think you'll agree, too, that today there are many ways to save work. For example, kitchen floors that are protected with Johnson's Glow Coat can be crossed right off your list of difficult chores. It's so easy to apply, for one thing. There's no rubbing or buffing. You just spread it around on your linoleum or other floors and let it dry. Glow Coat shines itself. In 20 minutes, you have gleaming floors that you can be proud of. And that's only one of the ways Johnson's Glow Coat saves you work. Don't forget, too, that the tough Glow Coat film takes the wear and tear, so your linoleum lasts much longer. If you're not using Johnson's self-polishing Glow Coat... Wouldn't it be a very good idea to start using it now? Oh, McGee, I'm still shaking like a leaf when I think of you up there in that plane, all alone, flying it yourself. Oh. Now, relax, kiddo. The only thing that embarrassed me was when my trousers slipped off afterwards. How on earth did that happen? Well, that plane wasn't fitted out for a pilot. It wasn't any safety belt. 
What I unfastened was my own. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.